0: I just felt the presence of God, and there's some things that I feel the message of the Lord wanted to give through a song, amen, and sometimes it's just to praise God and glorify Him for who He is, amen, hallelujah, I feel like preaching and singing this morning, praise God, I'm not going to keep you too long, amen, but we could have prayed, we could have we preached, no, but we could have sang all morning, we could have had churches by singing, amen, hallelujah, man, i tell you what, I've been thinking about some things, yeah, I could have sang. Oh, <laughs> it's good. Hallelujah. But we got to preach We got to let the preacher say something once in a while. I guess. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, amen. God is good. Amen. How many believe the Lord is still with us? Amen. There's something I want, I want you to turn with me real quick to Proverbs and I'm going to pray. Chapter 4, verse 20. Chapter 4, verse 20. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the, the worship, Lord. God. thank you for my wife and my sister and my mama and little Lord and all of those that lead us in worship, Father. I just thank you for them, Father. God, I pray that you continue blessing their ministries, God, and, and opening doors that they can sing to, to your people, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You know, I remember one time I was talking about that. I was... At a, a lady was singing worship, and 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 was I just? I mean, I didn't want to go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's just like time stopped, and nothing else mattered but what I was doing. You ever had that point where you just could have worshipped God all day? Yeah. <laughs> didn't worry about the chicken dinners burning. You didn't worry. You <laughs> didn't worry about who was winning the football game. You <laughs> didn't None of none of that. Praise God! It was just. I mean, I was just in, in the presence of the Lord. I, there's nothing better to be in the presence of the Lord. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've learned that. And I'm starting to understand a little bit as a Christian, even as a minister, what God wants in us. Amen? He wants us to worship him. Hallelujah. I said that the other day when I started just singing a little song. I was making up in my heart. And when I was driving my dump truck, Lord, your worship opens the praise or opens the door for your voice to speak. I can't even sing. I was saying I'm just making it up. When we worship, it opens the door for God to speak to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you, you say, "Well, God, I ain't hearing from him," but you open up in a little song somewhere in in, in in the back room of your house somewhere in your bathroom, like Janice does. <laughs> just just a, a time of worship. And all of a sudden, you see, you hadn't heard God speak for days, and all of a sudden, He speaks to you. You ever had that happen? Yes, oh yes, Lord. It's a wonderful thing, and I think the thing that we're missing is that we're forgetting that He demands worship. He demands you or commands you to worship. You know why? Because He knows it's not going to benefit Him; it's going to benefit you. Sure, He receives it, but it does something to you. Amen. (laughs) It does something to your heart and your desire for God. And that's what I'm talking about. If we can't ever get that desire for God right, then we're going to miss out on all the things God wants to tell us. My Lord, I'm preaching already. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit this morning about, and, I, and, and, and Lloyd, if you're going to tackle these things, this, what does Jesus have to say? And the point is that I'm trying to make you see that if Jesus says something, it's gospel, Right? It's sealed in heaven. Nothing's going to change it. I wrote some things down before. I, let me read Proverbs real quick. I'm, I'm going to get to my, where are my glasses? I lost them. I lost my glasses. Oh, I had a pair. Seriously, that little devil trying to steal my glasses. All right. Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verses 20. And I'm going to show you something that this morning. I think this is the word from the Lord. Seriously, I, I was, you know, I've been wrestling with stuff all week about, you know, how can I, I impress enough on God's people, the emphasis on Jesus's word and how much what he says affects our lives. Oh, <laughs> seriously, you have a stop to imagine when Jesus spoke this 2000 years ago before he died on the cross, how much it would impact your life today. What I'm going to say ain't going to matter in a couple of, maybe tomorrow. But what Jesus says has impacted the world. They even got lost people quoting his sayings. I've heard it. They, they, they're using things that Jesus spoke. They're not even born again. Whoa. It's bad when they're lost knowing in the church don't. <laughs> oh, He is speaking to us. As unto children. All right? He's trying to teach us his character. He's trying to teach us how to believe him. Come on. I believe in Jesus. No, but did you believe him? That's a big, that's a whole different issue. The devil believes, the Bible says, and he trembles. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says this, and it says, My son or my daughter. It says, Give attention to my words. (laughs) I used to know a song. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. They have... (laughs) I forgot the words. It's right there. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those who find them. Strength to all their flesh. They are life to those who find them. Strength to all their flesh, my son. And he goes, give attention to my words. Incline your ears. What was the Lord trying to speak here? That his word matters. And what he says is eternal. If I didn't have his word, I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) If somebody didn't preach to me and say, Lanny, this is what God says. I would not be preaching to you today. Did I incline to all his words? No, not all the time, because I had a little bit of rebel in me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, a little bit of rebellion, a little bit of stiff neck, uncircumcised in heart, always resist. Oh, I didn't want to go that far. <laughs> Resisting the Holy Ghost, even as my f- fathers did, so did you. That's what Jesus, or that's what uh, uh, Stephen stole the Pharisees before they stoned him. They gnashed on him with that. And I got interpreted. They were biting on him. Because <laughs> he was so mad. How dare him tell us. We're the church. We're the Pharisees. We're the righteousness of God. How dare he dare tell me on a stiff neck? Uncircumcised in heart. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't plan to say that. Maybe that's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Incline your ears to my saying. And it says, "Intend your word to my words, incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the where in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. They are what to who finds them? Life. If you want to live, you want life. Obey the word of God. If you want health, obey the word of God. Incline your ears." To my saying. And not let them depart from your eyes. How important is the gospel in your life? How important is what Jesus is saying in your life? The words of Jesus is everlasting. Let me uh, just, just, you can write these down, but I'm going to just quote them. Okay? To me, the most uh, personal gospel in the whole, out of the four, is the gospel of John. I say that a lot because John is saying something says things that it's impossible for a lost person to, to grab onto. Jesus spoke a lot of things. More to the church in the gospel of John than to the world. Because what he expounded in the gospel of John was his message of life, his word, who he was. I am. He said that plenty of times. Let me read this to you. And if you want to scratch this down, You can. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. <laughs> Jesus was God in the flesh. They have a father and they have a son. But Jesus is as God as much as the father is God. Because he is the son. When you see boogie, you see a little bit of me. Maybe not so good sometimes. <laughs> And, every, and my wife will tell you, and every one of my kids has some of my character. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, listen. Listen, I was watching Isaac underneath the dump truck today. I said, boy, where you <laughs> learn that from? <laughs> he said, that truck hates me. <laughs> it's just that I have to, and I started learning, Lanny, this boy's working for you. The Lord spoke to me and said, you better watch what you say and do. but you know what in jesus you see the father come on somebody they came to him in john chapter 14 philip said show us the father that it might be suffices or satisfy us said philip have i been so long with you have you not known me when you have seen me you've seen the father everything that god is is in jesus so when you see Jesus, you see the eyes of God. You see the heart of God. You see the peace of God. You see the salvation of God. You see everything that's in Jesus from the Father. He said, believe that I'm not in the Father and the Father in me, or believe me for the very works. Now he's saying here, I got, God is in me. I am. The Father is in me. Jesus was a perfect example. Now you're going to have to listen to me real slow today. <laughs> Because it's not going to be that long, but it's going to be, I want to I get a point across. Okay? Does what Jesus say matter to you? Ooh. It matters more than what Moses says. It matters more than what, you know, uh, Jeremiah, or Isaiah, or Ezekiel say. you all always singing that song this morning out of Isaiah chapter 6. You know, I behold the Lord sitting on the throne. And his train filled the glory. The train filled the house. And, and, and that's when he said, I am unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. Man, what an experience. I, I stuck on that for about two, three weeks. I've been thinking about that very verse. How powerful is that when Isaiah, sitting and seeing God on the throne, and he couldn't even speak. He said, Lord, anything I say is useless. I'm a man of unclean lips. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord, the power of God. Incline your ears to my sayings. Intend your, your 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 ears to my your heart to my sayings for their life and health. And John 1.14 says, The word was but made flesh and dwelt among us. Who is the word? Jesus. Who is the word? God. Come on. And God, man, I don't know if you grabbed them. God became man yes. and dwelt among us. Yes. And I emphasize a lot. Do we know this being who we call God is? The power and glory that he possesses, he became man. The only one that could die for your sins is God himself. Well, Brother I don't understand How could Jesus be? He is God in the flesh. He, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three manifestations of God. To see Jesus, they asked him, show us the Father. Well, don't you see him? I'm here. When you see me, you have seen the Father. He wasn't the Father, but he was the Son, God. God's Son. He was God in the flesh. He was the Son of God. God the Son. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Listen, I still wrestle with that same, and I wonder, what a magnificent revelation that God became man. You will stop and think about it. God became a man and dwelt among us. Though Jesus was the son of God, he was God in the flesh. Jesus sits on the right hand of the father, right? That shows you there's the father and there's the son. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. These three are one. They're not one individual, they're one in unity. And they're so much alike, you can't tell them apart. Come on. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) You can't tell them apart. Because everything they do is in unity. They do it as one. They don't do it as three. That makes sense to you? But he says in the beginning, no, well, he says in, in 114, John, and the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us, right? The word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. Where do we get in John, especially, where it says Nicodemus came to Jesus by night? He says, No man can do these things that you do except God be with him. What didn't the Lord do? It's like the Lord turned the whole subject around. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You are sitting here because of the word that Jesus spoke, right? Yeah. You accepted him as your Savior. You, be, you became born again. Nicodemus was so restless. He said, how can a man be born a second time? Can he go in his mama's womb and be born again a second time? Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. You have a fleshly birth, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. When he said you got to be born of water and of spirit, that don't mean baptism. That means the water in the mama's womb. You got to be born before you can be born again, right? right that which is born of flesh, that's the water, the natural birth. That which is born of the spirit is a spiritual birth. That said, changed my life. Come on, somebody, that, that born-again experience changed my life. Jesus said that must happen in your life. You were here today because of that passage of Scripture when somebody said you must be born again. If you said a prayer and it was never changed, you were never born again. If there's no change in your life, or you still think the same way and act the same way, there's something wrong. To be born again is to, be, to change. It's to accept Christ as your personal Savior. It changed my whole outlook in life. Was I perfect the first day? No. I, had to, I, had to, I, I was being born again. I was born again. I was being born again. I, I was changing. Praise God. I was growing. I was saved and I was being saved. other words, I was growing. I got, I got right with God. I was going to heaven. But you see, I had to make some adjustments in my life. Because God demanded a holy life. Come on, somebody. God demanded a holy life. So I had to change. If I ain't changed in, in what, 30-some years when I made that confession of faith, I ain't born again. And I'll tell you right now, my wife knows it better than anybody. I (laughs) changed. Come on. I was a devil on steroids. But Jesus came, and he changed my life. Because some preachers said, you must be born again. No, no, Jesus said, you must be born again. How important is the word of Jesus in your life? It was the beginning of a whole new life, right? A whole new life. Oh, man, I'm getting excited. (laughs) Listen, I want to read a scripture to you before I go any further. I have it marked down. Let me show you. This is something that, what has God prepared for you, Sister Kathy? What does God prepare for you? Sister Ethel, all of y'all in here, I'm looking at the back end. This verse <laughs> came out, Okay? We serve a good God. And he loves us. And he's going he's gonna to prepare a way for us, y'all. Praise God. Let me see where I found it. And if we trust him, We're going to go to heaven, right? What a good God we serve, amen? The scripture I'm thinking of is, what has God prepared in heaven for those that trust him? Can man figure this out? What man, well listen, God has given us a place to live one day. And this is not, listen, this life is only temporary. But what's with the Lord is forever. For look, come on, mom, you're right. There is no ending to the joy you're gonna be, gonna feel and experience in the glory of heaven. Once you get across those, those into heaven and here, well done, good and faithful servant, coming to the joy. Nothing else will matter in life joy unspeakable peace unspeakable no problems no troubles no heartaches nothing praise God joy singing and praising all day long just joy in the presence of the Lord heaven is a wonderful place sister Madeline who don't want to (laughs) go heaven is wonderful there's nothing where we can comprehend in our mind what God has prepared for us Listen, the devil will tell you, you can have fun on this earth. You can, listen, I told somebody, money. said, there ain't no way I'm going to forfeit what I put in God for this filth that's on this planet. No way. So I have to fight for it sometime, okay? I'm going to fight till Jesus comes back. It don't yet appear what I'm going to be, the Bible says. But when he comes, I'm going to be like him. You know, between now and heaven, there's a devil to fight. <laughs> There's temptation to fight. There's troubles to face. There's tribulations to come. But you ain't got there yet. But Jesus said, if you trust me, I have prepared a place for you. Come on. Come on. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. You hear that? He told you it was so. If it we're not so, I, told you, I go to prepare a place for you that I may come again and receive you unto myself. Thank God. He's coming back. Y'all, thank God he's, he's not leaving us here. Praise God. Thank God we don't have to suffer forever and ever and ever and face the troubles of life forever. God has made a way. We can be free. We can make it into glory one day. I don't know if that excites you. I want <laughs> to go. I want to go. That's all I want to go. I forgot how you went. <laughs> I want to go. I don't want to stay here. Yeah, I don't want to stay here. God help me. He said it right. Let me read some more to you, okay? John chapter 7, verse 38. And I'm just writing what, paraphrasing. Because many had so much, I couldn't write the whole script. I'll be here till next week. Hallelujah. Out of his heart, and he's talking about somebody that believes in the Lord. And that refers back to when he spoke to the Samaritan woman in chapter 4 of John. He said, woman, he said, those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And he says, the water that actually he asked her for water. He said, what are you asking a Samaritan woman? She said, Samaritans can't mix with the Jews. They were considered outcasts. But Jesus went to her. Thank God I was an outcast, but thank God he came to me, Right? When the world said he ain't got no hope, Jesus said he's got hope. Come on, somebody. Praise God. I don't know if you're listening to me. I was a nothing. Like I said, I was a devil on steroids. Nobody wanted nothing to do with me. But when Jesus saved me, hallelujah, he changed my life. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And the Samaritan woman sitting at this well, and Jesus said, this water you drink, you're going to thirst again, but the water that I give you, you shall never thirst. Come on, somebody. Shall never thirst. And so, water that goes on to everlasting life. Praise God. Jesus is telling, listen, woman, I got the water for you. I've got the answer for you. Jesus said that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But he says in chapter 7, uh, verse 38, out of his heart, those that believe will flow what? Rivers of living water. <laughs> I tell you what, there's some time I'm standing up here, man. I could feel the power of God. I can feel the rivers flowing. But I, listen, I don't want to stop preaching sometime, but I know you get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brother, Brother Mike just tell me that. Said, listen, 15 minutes, you got them. I mean, after that, if you, you see them dozing off, you just zoom in it. <laughs> just zoom close. <laughs> Uh, hallelujah! But I'm excited. Praise God! Don't you get excited about heaven? Don't you get excited about your salvation? Don't you get excited about what Jesus says and does in your life? Amen. Everything I'm telling you, He said. Amen. Go read, read through the Gospel of John. Let's how many times He said this. Watch. He said, "I am the Good Shepherd." Chapter ten, verse eleven. <laughs> Wait. He said, chapter uh, 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He was telling that to Mary and Martha. Chapter 13, verse says, if I do not wash, did this Peter adjust? And this caught me because Peter was coming and, and, and the Lord was washing their feet. And when he came to Peter, that was right before he was arrested. Peter said, oh, you never wash my feet. Peter thought he was saying something humble because of who the Lord was. But the Lord said, If I don't wash you, you have no part in me. Oh. <laughs> if you don't allow the Lord to wash you, you, don't, you have no part in Him. And he, the Lord's speaking about a spiritual washing, okay? Something that has to happen in your heart. You have to let the Lord wash you, you have to let the Lord cleanse you purify you take the things out of your life that needs to be taken out if Jesus can't wash you if you're fighting him and say I, I want to keep that Lord then you have no part in him go ahead and read that stuff I said man, never stop to listen what the Lord is speaking and saying if I don't wash you you're not part of me oh my glasses keep getting stuck. That old devil wants to stop me. i don't going to need these pretty soon. Sure. I'm going to heaven. I'll <laughs> All right. It says, I am the, no, uh, verse 13, verse uh, 8, John. I am the, if I, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Uh, verse Chapter 14, verse 6 says this. And everybody ought to know this. If you've been a Christian long enough, you ought to know some of the Bible. I am the way, truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. It ain't through Mary. It ain't through the saints. It ain't through Buddha. It ain't through Muhammad. It's through Jesus. When a preacher says, oh, there's many ways to God. No, there ain't no many ways to God. There's only one way. People start telling, you think you got the only way? Yeah, I got the only way. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Jesus said he was the only way. I got the only way. They think you're being self-righteous. No, you think you're being self-righteous. No, I'm not. It's the truth. I do have the only way. All right. I didn't write that. Okay, Jesus said that. Remember, we're talking about what Jesus says, all right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father But through me. Now chapter 15 of verse 1 says, I am the vine. I am the true vine. Come on. If you're not connected to Jesus' vine, you ain't saved. If you're not bearing fruit off of his vine, you're not saved. The Bible says, I am the vine. The father is the husbandry. The father is the one that nourishes the, the vine. And Jesus is the vine and you are the fruit. If you don't produce, you're the branches, I'm sorry. If you don't produce fru- fruit on those branches, he'll cut you off. I didn't write that. Jesus said that. <laughs> if there's no fruit in your life, what is fruit? Fruit is a righteous life. Fruit is, a, is a producing something that makes a difference, that brings nourishment to someone. Come on. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I might God, saved all, all over again before I finish today. <laughs> To make, to produce fruit is to produce nourishment to something, right? You have to be good for something. If you're just a pew warmer, you have no fruit. Everybody's quiet in here, man. I didn't write that. Jesus said it. He'll cut you off by leaving you there. You pull in nourishment from the branch. Right, you know how to work with vegetables? You see an old dead branch, you cut it off. Because it steals from the rest of the plant, right? It'll kill it. After a while, it'll dry up the whole plant. Okay. I had one guy come to me one time, and I was a, a young preacher back in Hanson when I was passing the church. And he 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 I think he was trying to find God, but he was just rot. <laughs> he couldn't find <laughs> His, 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 his spirit wouldn't change. He, he didn't talk, or, you know, he was trying. He was coming to church. He was, you know, he was, he was doing, I guess, what he thought was right, but he wouldn't ever give Jesus his heart. And I told him, I said, uh, brother, I said, uh, you know, Jesus said you know them by their fruits. I said, your fruits are rotten. <laughs> he told me, well, yours is rotten too. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> okay. And you know what? He came back. He said, you know, you're right. My fruits all right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? His, his outer appearance didn't change much. He was just a rugged person. You know, he didn't, you know, we, we couldn't put a, a, a religious suit on him. And, but I believe he knew the Lord. I, he died. He ended up dying. But I, I believe he, in my heart he confessed Christ before he died. But anyway, <laughs> okay, hallelujah. I'm almost, I could be, I'm almost, you got to say, shut up. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me, let me look at this real quick. And it says in chapter seven and verse 24, it says, do not judge according to the outward appearance. Jesus said that. I had told you that. I'm going to bring it up again. I had a little fellow I was looking at. I was going to church. And look, he came to church where he was raggedy. I mean, he looked like he crawled out from under a rock. I said, what is that guy doing here? (laughs) And God corrected me. I said, well, you know what? What do you expect him to smell like? What do you expect him to smell? Listen, he's coming from the world. He's going to smell like cigarettes. He's going to smell like alcohol. What do you expect him to smell like? He said, that's what my grace is about, Lanny." I felt about this small. <laughs> Never. Somebody comes to church looking ragged and brought down, just coming out of that world. Go over there and tell them, Jesus loves you. Come on, Holy Ghost. You don't have to live like this anymore. He could change you today. God loves you. You don't have to live in the sin you're living in. Christ wants to change you. That's what my grace is about. He told me, Lane, that's what he showed, showed me. He had to whip me up, but he showed it to me. Don't judge the outward appearance of man. For God judges the heart. Remember when David was chosen to be king over Israel? They lined him up. <laughs> him and all of his brothers. I said to myself, I think about Boogie. So, so small and he don't look like a king, but listen... <laughs> Samuel went and Annie said, I came to choose a new king. And said, and the line uh, David's daddy lined them all up, the biggest son, big muscles and biggest. I didn't choose that. When he goes to the front. I didn't choose him, I didn't choose. He said, You ain't got no more sons. Though. You got that little runt over there in the, in the field. He's keeping the sheep. I'll go get him. <laughs> oh, I'll get preach over that a little while. That little runt became a giant killer. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey. God, God chose the rut. <laughs> Hallelujah. A back, back water levy rat prophet. <laughs> People say, he was a levy rat? Oh yeah I was, I said with all that. <laughs> Told Books I said, you can't hide it, son, it's in your jeans, you levy rat. <laughs> Can God choose nothings to make something? Mm-hmm. I told Boogie the other day, I said, son, how much I pay you to be good? She said, daddy, nothing. I said, you're good for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pick on Boogie. <laughs> you're good for nothing, son. And so am I. <laughs> All right. I ain't much longer. <laughs> Let, me finish. Let me finish before I get in trouble. <laughs> Okay, John chapter 14, 11, whosoever, John chapter 4, verse 11, I'm sorry, rewrite that. Chapter 4, verse 11, whosoever drinks of this water, come on somebody, may I just quote that? Shall I give, or I shall never thirst. Hallelujah, I don't know about you, but praise God, we might get somewhere this morning. John chapter 7, verse 38 says, out of His heart, talk about somebody quoted a while ago, shall flow rivers of living water. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. (laughs) I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Let me tell you, nothing else matters, especially in the days we're in right now, but Jesus. I mean, you know what's going on in this world. You see the, the political issues, the this issue, and that issue. Let me tell you something. I can't find confidence in none of it. I just can't say, well, that's a good man or that's a good woman doing a good job. I just don't see it. And and there might be some. See, we look at the bad ones, and sometimes it overshadows the good ones. They might have some good ones in in, in Washington, D.C. They might have some good ones in churches, a lot of good ones. And those that are are doing right are fighting those that are not doing right. And we don't ever hear it on the news. We never hear none of that going on. But they got some good ones. They got some people up there that are saying, you know what, this ain't right what we're doing. This is against God. I, I'm telling you, they got to have some. Don't tell me God doesn't have his remnant somewhere. He has a remnant. Mm-hmm. The darkness is covering our, 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 our country right now. But it don't have to be my darkness. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of America. I am the light of Kota Holmes. I am the light of Henderson. I am a light of every- He is the light. He's the one that brings darkness to go away. He see. Listen, I listen. When you're in a dark room, I don't like to be in a dark room. I'm just not like that. I, I gotta have some light. Cause I feel like I'm I'm closed up. But when I have light, I'm all right, <laughs> right? <laughs> I like to be where light changes the whole matter, right? When Jesus comes into a dark place, things change, right? What does light? Ex- listen, you can have the darkest room. I mean, dark black, so dark you can cut it with a knife. And people go in the dark and they do a lot of bad things and, they, and a lot of evil things happen in the, 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 the night, right? Yeah. But you notice when they, a lot of them stop doing that even when the, the, the sun comes up. Yeah. Most crimes in this world are darkness is done when, when it's night. Notice that. Somebody shot somebody last night at 12 o'clock and somebody shot and somebody. It's always something in the dark. It happens in the day too. I'm not saying that, but watch. They don't want to be noticed. They don't want to know what they're doing. So they do it in the dark. But when the light comes, it exposes something, right? When Jesus came into your life, what did he do? He exposed the darkness, right? Listen, when I was lost, look, I was like this. I didn't see nothing, right? I didn't see my sins. If I could get away with something, I would do it. But the minute Jesus came, the blindfolders went off. I can't believe I was doing it. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I went there. Because light exposes darkness, right? Remember, it's what Jesus says that matters. And he says, I am the light. Not this church, not not the Baptist church, not the Catholic church, not the Methodist church, not the whatever church. Not that preacher, this preacher, that preacher. It's Jesus that I am the light. The Bible says in John that John the Baptist came to bear witness of the light. But he was not the light. Right? He came just to bear witness. What was John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. He was actually the end of the Old Testament priesthood. Because John the Baptist was Old Testament. He was right. He, he, he came to expose or to, to, to testify of the coming of the Messiah. Then when that happened, John the Baptist did his job. He, did he was arrested. Remember? Herod cut his head off. But John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet right before Jesus came on the earth. Well, he was baptized for John the Baptist. But John the Baptist was a tough preacher. bro. <laughs> he told Herod, "You listen, it's not right that you take your brother's wife. And Herod got mad. And even uh, Heronius, that demon spirit that was in that lady, you know what I'm saying? She was more mad. She wanted to kill John. Stick kill, kill him. Kill him. Kill him. How dare he talk about my sins in public? <laughs> Watch. She had him, she had him, the daughter, murdered, the daughter danced, or whatever she done for you say dance, but it might have been a whole lot more, you never know. And please, Herod, cut his head off. That's what I want. Oh, Herod's regretting that right now for eternity how listen god help us praise god there are people right now burning in hell regretting they sat in this church and heard the preaching of the gospel and did not receive it regretting the day they they didn't make a confession of faith to jesus because jesus said you must be born again jesus said you must repent of your sin jesus said you must live a holy life are you listen people say when i live a holy life i'm not perfect i'm not perfect either listen but i'm not what i was (laughs) Come on, somebody. Listen, I ain't half of what I was. I'm walking that walk with the Lord. Come on. I'm I'm between God right now and getting to heaven. You know what I'm saying? It don't yet appear what I'm going to be, but I know when He comes, I'm walking that walk with the Lord. I'm changing every day. But one thing I don't want to do is go back. I want to go forward. The closer I get to the light, the more my sin is exposed and the more I get right with God, right? Come on, y'all. Y'all email me or <laughs> Listen, serious. I need some shouting somewhere. Out or something. <laughs> you don't think what I say up here doesn't apply to me? Sure it does. It starts with me. I got to do, I got to, listen, I, I got to live this life just like you do. But I'm going to heaven, all right? Not because of my righteousness. Because of Jesus, right? Amen, yes. And because Jesus said, whosoever shall confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in his heart that God will raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. Not might or maybe he shall. If you confess the Lord and repent of your sins, you are saved. Hallelujah. You're going to heaven. Praise God. You made a new walk with God. You started a brand new life with the Lord. Jesus said you must be born again. Not me. Jesus said you must. Listen, I am a strong believer of a confession of faith. Some people say, well, you, well, uh, you don't have to say a prayer. No way in the Bible. Yes, the Bible teaches that. You've got to confess with your mouth. Go look at it in Romans chapter 11, or chapter 9, verse 11, or verse 10. <laughs> chapter 9, verse 10, where it says, if you confess with your mouth, what you got to do? Make a confession and believe in your heart. What you got to do? Have faith in Jesus. You got to confess. You got to repent. I don't know about you, but that's where I started at, with a good old heart repentance before the Lord, asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, Jesus, and save me. That started a brand new life for me. And you know, people say, "Well, there's no set sinner's prayer in the Bible." Yes, there is. It's, I just quote it to you: "Confess, repent, 10, believe that He rose from the dead." Go ahead and read it. Call. What do you got to do? Call. If you shall confess with your mouth. Chapter nine, verse ten. I think it is. No, 10, <laughs> Okay, ten thirty. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Jesus said that, okay? Okay, I'm almost finished. Let me get my little paper out. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to wear you out. <laughs> We're living in a time... Where Jesus' word is not respected and it's not attended to. I'm sorry, we're living in a church age where it's not respected and nothing's attended to. Listen, does the Bible teach that you got to go to church? Yes, it does. So do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as a man of some is. And it, church, is in, church is important because it's there to encourage you. It's there for you to hear about the Lord, to learn about the ways of God. I'm not the most perfect teacher in in the world, but I can teach you something. What I've learned. (laughs) What I've understood. And I want to share that with the rest of, uh, anybody I can, especially you. Because I know in my life it worked for me. I told a little guy last night. he He was talking about, you know, he got a back injury. And he says, well, Jesus, the Lord still does miracles. I said, you're right. When I was hurting in my back, and I couldn't even hardly walk. I couldn't, my wife had to help me take a bath, bro. that was how bad it was. I couldn't get up. And I lost, I had to miss work, and that's when I was working for somebody else. And, I, and no, I believe what the Bible says. I cried out to God for mercy. I got up. I went to work. a minute, put my foot on that little step in that office I was working in. like a wind with a, the pain left. <laughs> Three days, Chokey. I couldn't even sleep. My wife, she's—I had to put my head on the pulse of the bed, sitting up. There was only one position I could. But the minute I, oh man, look, I, I was like I was dying, man. But I was going to believe what Jesus said. I said, "I said, Lord, I'm asking you to heal me. All things are possible to those that believe. That's what the Bible says." <laughs> and I stood up and, I, and listen. I cried out to God. I, I'm a, I said, "Lord, I can't take this." And the minute I got to my office and put my foot on it's like a wind with a passed. The pain left. I felt like a brand new person. When you heard it, and I never felt that in my life. Never. I mean, pain just raging. Every time I turned, I mean, it was just, it was, it was so bad, I couldn't even, even take a bath with myself, by myself. Couldn't get pain to get in and out of the bath. The Pain to sit up. Pain to, but he healed me. Today, I think there was something seriously wrong with me. But now, I don't have to ask questions. I know he healed me. And I go through, we go through Walmart. I find my relatives. I see everybody. if Jesus healed me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what Jesus done. Man, I was feeling miserable, man. My back was hurting me. And they look at me like I was a nut. <laughs> they, still <do. laughs> they still do. Because, you know, you got people telling stories. They kind of stretch them, you know. And make it look like they're so super- spirit. But I'm telling you the truth. That happened. And you know what? I would testify, I went on for a while, I'd go to, everywhere I'd go, I was telling people, let me tell you what Jesus done for me, let me tell you, and they would look at me like this, look, they were stunned, man, their eyes would do this, they're like, they said, oh, come on, that can't be true, (laughs) okay, I'm finished, okay, see that, (laughs) that can't be true, Oh, you're living in a, in a dreamland, man! Oh, leave me alone! Praise God! You want to stay sick? That's your business. I don't want to be sick. <laughs> oh, oh! Oh, I tell you, man! I tell you what? I, I watched him. I watched him heal an old man of cancer overnight. I was in the room, and I'm not lying. I was in the room. I, I was listening to the doctor talk about his cancer taking him his stomach out, making him his stomach with his colon. And I preached to him after that. I went, I said, can I pray for you? And, you know, I prayed for him. The next day I got a call, cancer was gone. The man was totally healed. And I went to preach at his house. He turned me off. Yeah, he, died. he died. He lived 10 years. He was an old man. He was skinny. He had gained all kinds of weight. Sister Janice will tell you. He had gained all kinds of weight living. And I went to his house, and I sat across him from the table, and I said, Mr. Bro, I want to tell you about Jesus. He sat there like he was stunned. He didn't want to hear nothing I had to say. And not long after he died. That old man might be burning in hell today. God gave him a grace period of 10 years to repent. You stop and think about it. 10 years he could have made things right with God. He didn't. After God touched his body and healed him of cancer overnight. I saw that. I don't know about you. If God would heal me of cancer overnight, I'd, I'd be singing another song. I'd be finding a church, a preacher, somebody to pray for me, somebody that can preach to God. I, I want to know. Want to know. But I was just stupid enough to believe what Jesus said. <laughs> you know, people, you know what? I'm going to finish, y'all, oh, seriously. But you know, when you talk to Christians and, and, and you start talking about, I had one, one tell me, oh, Jesus heals through doctors and stuff. I'm not knocking doctors, Seriously. He says, you know, there's no miracles today. I mean, Jesus don't heal no miracles. I said, man, I said, if you'd have told me that before I read the Bible, I might believe you. (laughs) He did. That was it. I said, if you'd have told me that before I read the Bible, I might have believed you. But I didn't read the Bible already. I don't know. I know what it says already. He said, Jesus is a healer. The subject, the conversation, he tried to argue the case, but he can't. He's lost today, day, backslidden on God. Amen. I wish I pray for him. Okay, let's stand up. <laughs> okay, I got that off my chest. All right, <laughs> God is a good God. Amen. I want you to listen to that verse one more time. If you incline your ears to my saying, come on, apply your word, my word, to your heart, and not let them depart out of your heart. They'll be health to your flesh. Amen. We need to know the truth. Cline, your ears. There's one little, one, I, used to, I think I know it. Let me sing it. And it's, it's, it's something that God is trying to bring in us, you know what I'm saying? Are we willing to believe him? We serve a good God, amen? He'll teach us a lot of stuff if we listen. But a lot of time we're not listening. I want to be a listener. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Place them into your heart. They are held to the held to those who find them. Held to all their flesh. They are life to those who find them. Held to all their flesh, my son. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them from your eyes. Place them into your heart. They are life to all who find them. Held to all. find them help to all their flesh. Amen. That's a simple little song. Amen. I just thank God for this morning. Let the Word of God, let the Word of Jesus dwell in your heart richly. Praise God for they are life to those who find them and hell to all our flesh. Thank you, Jesus.